Amen. So the title of the message is Make Room. Make Room for the Impossible. And I encourage you in the, in the room, in the lounge as well, if there's anyone who's there tonight or not, there's no one there, everyone's here tonight. Well, we've got a lower crowd tonight, haven't we? Some of them must have turned up in the morning and said, oh, okay. I went to the market. I heard some did that. There is so much more that God wants to do. So we'll make room. All things are possible. Let's have a look at Mark 9 just really quickly and you'll get the story of this father who has a son that is demon-possessed. I don't know about you, but have you ever had ministry with demons? I mean ministry with people that are demonic. I have. And I tell you what, you want to be prayed up for that. You want to be really prayed up for that. That is very confronting, very confronting. Listen, just if you ever do happen to find yourself in that situation, don't pray with your eyes closed. Just a warning, and I'm serious. So anyway, here's this, here's this family, this son that is demon-possessed and his father who is just in, in torment himself of finding relief for his son. And so there was some prayer, but nothing happened. Jesus is... is becomes aware of it, and he's a bit uh, perturbed, I, I really say, vexed even by, by their discussion and, and what was not happening. Later on, he, he says that this, these things only happen by through prayer and fasting. And so he puts a qualifier in there. He has a go at them a little bit, but in the midst of it, he says there's all things are possible. You can see it there. But unfortunately, what we, we can sometimes think is all things are possible, and we put a full stop, but there's no full stop. All things are possible to them that believe, or to the one who believes. And so I want to launch from that tonight and share with you that if we are believing that all things are possible as believers with our expectation of what God wants to do here in our hearts, in our lives, through the church, through the community, then I think we've got to make more room. We've got to make more room. Sometimes we can speak in the sense of practically what does that look like, building, extensions, changes, whatever. But we've got to make more room in our hearts. We've got to make room in our lives for the things that God wants to do, the things that God wants to say, the things that God wants to reveal. In the Greek, You've heard me say this, that believe means to live by. It means to action out, to live by our faith, to put legs on it, to put language with it. Talking to the leaders at the start, end of last year and the start of this year particularly, for sensing what, what, would, what would be the word that you, you feel right now? Some of these words were blessed. I feel like it's going to be a year of blessed or miracles, beyond, together, rising up, more than enough. Some talk of, of become, becoming, even freedom was thrown in there. And I got the sense as, as I was just preparing the start of the year and thinking what God wants to do, I just believe it's a time, it's a time now, friend, it's a time now for you and I to step over, the line, step into the, in the unknown a little bit and say, God, I am believing that all things are possible. You said if we believe, I believe. So here I am and I'm going to make room. So we're going to turn to 
2 Kings chapter 6. And we're going to have a little look at a story here, a little narrative that really almost seems like it shouldn't even be here. Amongst miracles before, massive miracles, healings, and wages and battles and wars and all these things going on, here are seven verses that you and I would probably read and go, what the heck is that there for? And so we're going to do that right now, 2 Kings 6, 1 to 7. And starting off, it says, And the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan. Let every man take a beam from there and let us make a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Elisha was a man of few words. Go. Then he said, please, then the one said, so one of the, the trainee prophets, the student prophet said this, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them and they, when they came to the Jordan where they were cutting down the trees, and verse 5 says, but as one of them was cutting down the tree, the iron axe, just in the original it just has iron, but we put that there as an afterthought to understand and explain what happened, the, the cutting edge of this instrument that they would use to cut trees down. The iron axe head fell into the water and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the son of man said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick. He threw it in there in the water and it made the iron flow. Verse 7 said, says, therefore he said, the prophet Elisha said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. Have you ever read that and wondered what? We understand there's a miracle, but do you ever wonder the purpose of this? Well, it tells us, the beginning tells us that there was a school of prophets and here's this uh, prophet, head prophet, professor, uh, professor prophet, Elisha speaking and teaching, but they were crammed. It was hot. They were probably all bodies ticking together. It's just like, we need to do something. And so it, it reads that the whole collective group, group of one voice said, we need a bigger place. We need to extend. And I love that. What they're saying is that we need to make room. The room that we have is not suitable. We're cramped. Something needs to change. Something needs to be different. I love it. We need to make more room. This word dwell, it means that where we sit before you, where we come together, it's the same word that described David sitting before the Lord and the elders sitting before Ezekiel for advice. So the students, the, the student prophets suggest let's, let's start a building plan, an extension. With one request, that the man of God will come with them. Can we read it in verse 2, please? Let us go to the Jordan. Let every man take a beam from there. 
and there let us make a place where we may dwell. And he said, do it. They're asking for permission. Will the man of God come with us? Interesting as they represent and speak of Jordan, Jordan symbolises preparation, transition, cleansing, even death. It's almost a sense where the old is gone and the new has come. Whether it be John the Baptist or from, from uh, the Egyptians, sorry, the Egyptians, the Hebrew people going from Egypt into the promised land, crossing over. There's this sense where they've got a plan. Let's go to the Jordan where the trees are. Let's cut down the trees and let's make some more room. How are you going to make more room for Jesus? What does that look like? Right now in your life and in our days and our schedules and in our time, how are we considering and thinking about making more room for Jesus? I'm challenged by that. Demands of life, time, are all time poor. Well, many of us are. It's a challenge. But the one thing I mustn't neglect is ensuring that I make room for my Lord and Saviour every single day. Non-negotiable. Otherwise, what am I relying on? Who am I relying on? How are you going to make room for Jesus? Verse 3, the one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he said, I will go. So he went with them. So it all started with wanting to make some room. It was an ordinary day. And off they go. They go down to the Jordan. We're not sure how far the journey was. Maybe not so far. We don't know if it was completed or not. We don't read about that. We don't even get into that information. We can guess. All we know is that there was an idea to build something and make more room. And this is what we have, seven verses right in the middle of everything else that's going on. And so off they go, they go down there, and as they're, they're down there, and I'm, I assume all of the, all the sons of prophets are they're chopping away. And there's this one dude, there's one student, as he's chopping away, boom. Alas, master. You understand what this means? He was severely troubled. It wasn't his. It was borrowed. It didn't belong to him. Iron was very rare and, and very expensive. We know students don't have, I was saying to Roger, last night students don't have a lot of money. And so we're not sure about what all the others had or what they lived off on how they got their, their blades and their axes. But this guy, he borrowed it. So we learned that as we're coming to this place that there's there's desire to build something. But then he cries out, alas, master. Oh, that's interesting. He's like, oh, oh well. Some of us may go, oh, well, it's like, I'll just... I'll borrow another one. I'll, I'll find another one somewhere. He was freaking out. 
In fact, the understanding of this is that he was trembling and shaking in fear. Got the attention of the prophet. He was in deep pain. And he was absolutely at the mercy of this prophet. Prophet says, you'll remember in the Old Testament, it's changed in the New. The prophets and other leaders were appointed as representatives of God. So inviting the prophet to be with them is inviting God's presence to be with them. That was the thinking. We don't just want to build something. We want you to be with us as we build it, as we do life, as we make a way. But in this moment of normality, this moment of just doing something that sounds like a great idea, it turns south. I've lost the axe head. It was, it was desperate. Have you ever been desperate? I think when we have desire, when we get to a place of being desperate, like the father of the son who was demon-possessed, if you read, he cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Sometimes we don't cry out. Sometimes we just ask, but when there's desperation, we go, God, oh God, I need you. How would, your pray, how would you pray if it was your son and daughter? Uh, uh, Jesus, you know, if you're willing to, if you want to, you just, you know, you know where I live. I tell you what, there's been needs in our family. I tell you what, I, I will. Not always, but I will get on my knees. I'll make a, a mark in the ground so I will keep going back and, and seeking God. Because I'm desperate. Are you desperate? This is my surrender. But the one who was cutting the tree down, as the iron, hex fell, fell into the, iron head fell into the water, he cried out. What's the cry of your heart? What would you like to see Jesus do in your life and in your circumstance, in your family, in your place? I think we've all got something we could put our hand up and say, yeah, I have a need. I have a situation. Or I know of somebody who has a need and has a situation. Are we desperate enough? Fairly expensive item. It's like someone borrowing your car with the agreement that if anything happens to it, you repay it. But when they come back in a taxi and you ask, Where's the car? and it's not what it looked like when you lent it to them and they've got no money, that's an awful state. That's a, that's a hard experience. Maybe you've been there. So he was. Absolutely desperate. I was wondering about the axe head. There's a lot of spiritual meanings for the axe head. But I really get a sense it speaks about our relationship. Our relying on God. On his strength. On his presence. His gifts and talents that he's given us are to be used to the extension of the kingdom. I wonder, imagine with me for a moment. 
Some say the axe head represents the Holy Spirit. So I get a sense it's really speaking about the heart of an individual wanting to be all that God has called them to be. There's a thought as to why the axe head fell off. Maybe it wasn't cared for. Maybe the owner of it had a few of them and that one didn't work real well. Oh, yeah, just take that one. I've got an axe spare axe head. Take that. But one thought, and this is just a thought, maybe it was blunt. Anybody ever chop wood? I chop, I've chopped wood. Have you ever? Oh, there's a, oh, there's a few. There's a few ladies put their hand up. They put me to shame. Sorry. No. You, you nearly dropped your foot off. Okay. Was it sharp or blunt? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna be asking about. Is, was the axe blunt or sharp? Apparently, what. I have not experienced this, but what I've been told is that if you're not familiar with a sharp or have a sharp axe, when you're chopping away, the worst thing you can do is do it when the, blunt get, the, the blade gets, the point gets blunt, that when you do it, it can bounce. So you're just chopping away, he's chopping away and it's all going well, but this wasn't as sharp as he thought it was and all the others are chopping away and he's chopping and he's just doing, doing this. Oh, this is exciting. We're making more room. We're making more room. It's going to be so good. And then ching. Now, I, I, I don't know about you and I'm not, I'm not great with science, but I know some basics. Iron sinks. doesn't float. You put a piece of iron in the water and watch it. It doesn't go. It does that. It's just straight down. Alas, master. Oh, no. Oh, no. He saw his whole life flash before him. His whole life flashed before him. I can't repay it. I haven't got the money. It started like this was a good idea. Whose idea was this anyway? You could just imagine what was going on. I wanted to make room, but something just happened in the day to day. Unexpected. The unknown. I bet you saw his whole life flash before him. So truly he was desperate. How's your relationship with Jesus going? Is it growing? Is it going deeper and stronger? How's my relationship with Jesus going? Is it growing? Is it getting stronger? Verse 6 says, Son of man said, where did it fall? This is really interesting. And he showed him the place. Some may say that he was careless, irresponsible. He wasn't. He watched and saw where it landed. He was desperate. 
This speaks of dedication. He didn't ask everybody to come over. Where, where did it go? I think it went over there, over there. No. It was there. He was dedicated. Where did it fall? I want to show you where it fall. My understanding, I haven't seen the Jordan River, but I'll study on it. But what I do know is it's pretty dirty in some parts, six inches, and you can't even see your hand. So I had no clue except where this student saw it land. I think that's interesting. So he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick or a little branch and he threw it into the water right where, where is it? Not over there. He didn't throw it over there. He threw it where, where he said, it's just there. It came up. What a day. Talk about relief. The chances that he couldn't pay it back were so severe that he may have to have lived in servitude to the lender, to the owner. There's so much going on here. He was dedicated. He saw where it went. He watched where it went. He wasn't careless. He was committed right to the end. No matter what, some will go, what's the big deal about the axe head? What's it say? It says that what matters to you matters to God. Some people think it doesn't matter, but what matters to you matters to God. Verse 7. It's got to be after a dedication, there's got to be a declaration. Therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he picked it up. What a wonderful day. Good idea. I've got the dream. We're going to extend. We're going to build. And then, wow, could have turned and gone from bad to really bad to worse. Man of God was there. The diligence, the devotion, the dedication, the desire was all there. And I see at the end that the man of God doesn't pick it up. He doesn't go, oh, here it is. There you go. He says, you pick it up. God does his part and we're going to do our part. Sometimes we want, to, we want God to do all the, the bits that we can do, but he wants to do what he can do, but he wants us to do what we can do also. Be the impossible with God. So what happens when we make room? We desire. We make more room. We, we are desperate. We're wanting God to move in our city, in our church, in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in our schools. I'm, I'm tired of hearing the stories of people and the brokenness that I, that I hear and see. I hate hearing it. It's just horrible. You know, some of those stories, some of the stories that we heard through new mornings breaks out my heart. We need to be dedicated to see and see it through, see what God's going to do. To be dedicated to making sure there is room. And we're going to send out a shout of declaration. He picked it up. 
We're going to go back into the song right now.